to Comics Quest, where we pave the road for those who wanted to get into comics but don't know where to start. I'm your host, J.D. Martin, and dear listener, we're two episodes into season three. What the hell, yo? Um, yes, so uh, last episode, I had a, a first-timer on the show. I had Rachel. It was absolutely wonderful. Uh, but guess what? I'm back on my bullshit. It's time to have a repeat guest. That's right. You know him. You love him. We have the host of Scruffy Nerfers, Another Pass with Sam, or, uh, yeah, Sam and Case, and uh, Men of Steel. We have the one and only Case Aiken. Yay! Thank you again for having me back on. I, uh, I'm i glad to be back on your bullshit with you. <laughs> always. Always. I'm, I'm, I'm constantly back on my bullshit. Just, just when you... Just when I think that I've gotten out, they pull me right back in. <laughs> Al Pacino, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah, but I mean, on today, I, I'm really excited to join you on this one because... Uh, at, as has been sometimes the case, uh, you, you introduced me to this particular comic, and uh, it was a delight. I, thank you for bringing me on for this one. Absolutely, I I was having trouble to figure out, uh, trying to figure out who uh, to bring on for this uh, for this particular comic. Those for those of you who dear listeners who did not read the title of this episode, we are discussing the four issue miniseries Buzzkill, written by Donny Cates and Mike Mark Resnicek. I believe I'm saying his name correctly. Uh, we're going to call him Rez for the rest of the episode because that's uh, what everyone else calls him. Uh, with art by Jeff Shaw and colors by Lauren F. And I believe... Uh... Letters also by Lauren F. I also believe I'm saying their name correctly as well. Who knows? <laughs> I, I'm not entirely <laughs> sure. But, uh, but, but yeah, uh, I hadn't heard about this comic until you... We're bringing up the the episodes you wanted to do, and you and that you didn't have a guest. And I uh, was like, sure, I'll 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 check it out. And then I read it, and I was probably like four pages in, and I was like, oh, oh, I love this. I love this. <laughs> You're probably thinking like, oh, I love this, and then like, I know why JD want JD wanted me here. I can think of a few reasons. Uh, th- this is this is quite a nice book. Uh, yeah, it is. I love it so. Uh, listener, if you have listened, if you've been a, a loyal listener since season one, you know that I am a huge Donny Cates fan. Uh, back in season one, I discussed my personal favorite of his work, God Country, also with Jeff Shaw. Uh, it's one of my like top five comics of all time. Uh, if you haven't read God Country yet, check it out, please. Also, go back and listen to the episode with Haley. It was great. Um, excuse me, but this was actually. Th- I believe this is actually his first comic, Donny Cates, I mean, and this was the first comic of his I read. Uh, I first became exposed to Donny Cates uh, through the wonderful Patrick Willems. Damn it, invoked his name. Patrick, please come on the show. Gotta say it. Uh, and It'll be a good time, I swear. <laughs> that's what everyone keeps telling me, and I still don't believe them, but hey, whatever. Uh yeah, so Donnie and Patrick are friends, and Patrick mentioned in a video at one point about the comic God Country, and I was like, oh, that sounds really cool. It's got a giant sword. I love giant swords. I want a comic with a giant sword. And I eventually bought it, never read it, but then I bought Buzz. I bought Buzzkill, and I read this in about an hour or two, and instantly fell in love with it, and I instantly fell in love with the the style of Donny Cates. So for those of you who have not read it yet, uh, Buzzkill is 
about a superhero named Ruben, not his actual name, uh, who gets his powers from using alcohol and drugs. And it's dealing with the aftermath of a giant fight uh, between him and a villain in which he blacked out and doesn't remember what happened. All he knows is that the villain is in a coma and half the city is destroyed and many people have died and now he is trying to get sober and reconcile everything that has happened in his life. So it is not a light story. By no, any it is means. not. <laughs> it is. And Donnie Cates has mentioned, uh, I, I sent Case this because I just found it today. Uh, there was an interview that Donnie Cates had with the wonderful writer Mark Wade, uh, who we're both huge fans of. Uh, and in that interview, he uh, Mark Wade mentions like, you know, there this definitely could have been turned into like a dark edgelord story. And, you know, and and the reason why and Donny Cates gives the reason why it didn't turn into that was because they they made sure uh, that Ruben the main character what felt real and they, he was never like the butt of the joke he was never a joke to anything is that every like everything that he is and everything that he does had to feel real yeah yeah I mean it's it was an interesting book to read because like. I mean, we'll we'll say like spoilers per se till to later in this conversation, and I don't think that um, they're they're big ones. Like the the story is fairly straightforward in terms of the 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 big like the broad strokes. Like mm-hmm. you know, we're talking about a character who is literally empowered by by substance abuse, and that's by itself not completely unique. Although the way they sort of handle it is fun and interesting. Um, like, I remember uh, Seth Green actually had a comic, I think it was called The Freshman, uh, back in, like, the late 90s, early 2000s, where one of the characters uh, had the ability to transfer whatever substance abuse he was experiencing onto people around him, um, so he could weaponize, like, drinking to make other, like, enemies drunk as well. Um, okay. Which, you know, it's, so, again, it's been done before, and that was sort of more of, like, a jokey kind of thing. Um, yeah. In this and case, actually. Like, uh, sorry to cut you off, but like really quick, this also reminds me um, of uh, I believe it's Our Man, who like back in the golden back in the golden age when he was first created, he took a a drug to in order to gain like the powers that we associate with Golden Age Superman for an hour. Yeah, yeah, Miraclo, uh was was the drug he took, and that's mm-hmm. still the uh, well. I'm not sure exactly post New Fifty Two, but um, even into the two thousands. The, the main Our Man. There was there was a version that was like a robot, but the, the main versions of Our Man have had that consistent feature. Yeah. Yeah, and like serums and, and whatnot, like those are also common. Um, like even going back to like Popeye. <laughs> with like yeah, yeah, I remember uh, I remember this all from when there, one of the pop quizzes on, on, on Men of Steel, you mentioned like, it's like Popeye with the spinach. It's just, right. you know, with a drug that they take. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, like having some sort of like substance or super drug or whatever. Those were particularly in vogue in, in like the in the golden age of comics. Um, mm-hmm. Characters like uh, Doc Strange, not Doctor Strange. Doc Strange was more like a more like Superman, <laughs> more like more like <laughs> Superman. Um, yeah. Or the Liberator, or you know, all kinds of characters who had um, like they just would have some sort of element that was like a temporary boost of power um, through uh, you know some scientific 
formula kind of thing. You know, it was always generic. And then, like, uh, you know, 60s and on, they tried to downplay those kind of things because people started being like, well, isn't that drugs? Uh, and, like, aren't these for kids? And, you know, it got pushed to, pushed to the back burner for, you know, probably, like about 20 years of the Comics Code Authority. And then the 80s, you start to see stuff like that kind of come back. Um, but this is one where it's, like, just straight up, like, oh, yeah, no, it's, it's alcohol. Or it's, it, like, literally his powers work where whatever substance he takes has different powers associated with them, mm-hmm. uh, which I thought, it, like, I caught it very early on when he, uh, when someone says, like, aren't you freezing? And he's like, I'm smoking. And, like, it's such a good line because it could read as just, like, like don't bother me. Uh, but it also is like, no, he's actually admitting, like, it's working for superpowers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So... Uh, we we already kind of delved into it a little bit already, but uh, as I always ask uh, in every episode, so what were your thoughts going into this story? What were your thoughts during well, during your read and also your thoughts afterward? So um, behind the scenes, when you had first talked to me about it, we were talking about some episode art things. Uh, so I'd actually done some research on images for it um, and mm-hmm. uh, was aware that like, oh, there's some like cool like spreads of like relative violent scenes and i was like okay i'm i'm, I'm curious i'm wondering what's going to be what that's going to be like because i had i saw images without context um yeah and then uh and i was like all right well, well cool I'll, I'll, I'll check it out and, and then i started reading it and like i hadn't seen what the gist was i you know i didn't know what the premise was when i like cracked open the book um mm-hmm. and you know we open with the, basically the thesis of it which is an aa meeting um and that's like okay and you start listening to his story and he gives you sort of the sense and like all right i see what the all right i okay now all right the you know they they get the premise probably in the first three pages and then Mm -hmm. from there it it, it explores or it explodes into a really cool book (laughs) like yeah like the character um they play fast and loose with names uh so like like we mentioned ruben is not his real name it's the name he's giving at aa um and I'm not sure. Do we ever even get his superhero name? Like, there's one point where it's blacked out in, on like a TV screen. Like yes. They... So we never. They never actually say it. But I I looked very closely and don't hold me to this. But I believe his his superhero name is supposed to be Absolute. Okay, that's interesting. Yeah, I, I'm not sure where it comes from. The closest association association I can make is like Absolute Vodka, but that's probably not it um but it it looked like it was like absolute or obsolete something like that um i'm gonna go with absolute but we will we will just call him by his real name which uh as you mentioned as we both have mentioned now um in the beginning he says his name is ruben which he then says you know in his like inner monologue it's not his real name it's just the name that he's giving uh, we later find out that his real name, mild, very mild spoiler, his real name is Francis, which is fantastic. Yeah. Um, uh, and is a joke for a good chunk of that. <laughs> yes. But also, Francis, that takes a long, shut up. that's like the third issue when it finally comes out. Uh, yes, it is. It's the third issue. Yeah, and, and that's actually the thing. So uh, a, a criticism that I see. So what's wonder, what is what is wonderful about, about like the reception of Buzzkill is that uh, – the vast majority of people who have read it do like it. Uh, but there is one common criticism, uh, in that it is, it feels a bit rushed because it is only four issues. It, it, it is a fast moving book, but I, I didn't feel that. I didn't feel that it was rushed. I just feel that, you know, like 
those are just, that's just a superhero story. Superhero stories gen- generally are pretty quick paced. Especially something yeah, like this. Yeah, there's a lot of shorthand in this book. Um, all the, all of the characters, really aside from our protagonist, who has, um, he has shades of a Superman analog, and we can get into that in a moment. But like he, aside from that, the majority of the characters are very clearly representative of other tropes of superhero fiction. Like there is a Legion of Doom style thing that we see at one point. There is a Justice League style thing at one point. There is a Doctor mm-hmm. Strange style character that we see uh, quite a bit of. Like yeah. there there and that tells you a lot of information. Like mm-hmm. uh, when Doctor Black uh, sh- shows up for the first time there was no question of so who much. he was or what he what was his deal. Like I knew immediately. Like okay, that's <laughs> that's our Doctor Strange type character right there. Yeah. And when Highgard shows up I'm like, okay, yeah, he's definitely supposed to be the Superman of this world. <laughs> mm-hmm. Except in this, it's like, and we were actually talking about this before uh, the recording, um, how, like, I didn't want to partake in anything related to Injustice because I hate the concept of what if Superman turned evil, but, like, canon Superman. Uh, but this one actually does have, like, it does have a Superman analog, and he's a dick. Highgard is just an asshole. Yeah. And everyone points it out. <laughs> Yeah, and we find out more about why he's so much of a dick. Like, he's he's a dick to everyone in general, but he's particularly a dick to Ruben, uh, Francis, whatever. Uh, <laughs> and he indicates it, and we'll find out more about why. And, like, he has reasons, so you, you sort of understand it, but it's very much... Um, it's the Superman of the Dark Knight Returns. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. Uh, that's a comic. Oh, boy. Uh I think you and I both have like mixed feelings on the Dark Knight Returns. Yeah, uh, and, and part of that's legacy, <laughs> but but yeah, but also not the comic we're talking about today. This no, however, we're not talking about. It's I a would lot say of a comic fun. is better. I, I would say the only area getting back to is it rushed or not? The only area that feels rushed is that I wish we could spend more time exploring how some of his powers work because it was really cool the times that we got more explicit things. Um, like yeah. so it's any substance does it to him and so when he indicates that smoking allows him to ignore it being cold and sort of shrug off pain um and possibly regenerate i couldn't really tell is that it might be like a like a superpowered so. version of cancer i think that's uh i think that's more that more has to do with the alcohol yeah alcohol is like the thing. big one it that yeah. one allows him to have like su- have the most extreme Flight, super strength. super strength and vulnerability it's all like the yeah. superman analog stuff uh, yeah, and then we know alcohol. that uh, caffeinated stuff gives him super senses. Yeah, um, like uh, so, whenever he has hot chocolate, that or like caffeine, that uh, that like gives him hyper senses of uh, usually like hyper hearing, especially which plays into a scene later. Yeah, like he he thinks he's drinking decaf, and when he realizes it's not, all of a sudden he, that's when his like senses kick in, um, mm-hmm. and that was a cool bit right there. And I wish that we had like a little more time playing in that world because like conceptually that is so fun to deal with. Um, and to, because you could like imagine like trying to do other types of stuff, like even spicy food has like an element of that. So, like, so it'd be fun to sort of see how they all different like play out. But that's for an ongoing series. Yeah, I think it'd be very interesting to see like what if spicy food gave him just like a hint, kind of like um, in My Hero Academia when like Deku has like just like a touch of of power. It's like he just can like flick like a toothpick and it just like like goes through a wall or something. Yeah, 
like, I mean, I, I I'm thinking about it right now because a uh, so are do you are you familiar with the uh, the YouTube uh, channel for PBS uh, PBS Eon specifically? No. Uh, so it's like one of it, it's a science one. It's mostly about like hi- nature history. And so a recent mm-hmm. episode was on the history of spicy food and why like humans are specifically like a weird creature because we actually eat uh, chilies, uh, whereas the only other creatures that that do are like birds and specifically tree shrews because they lack a protein so they're not affected by spicy food um whereas we are actually affected by it but the reason we like it is because what it does to our nervous system is it actually makes us high um that it's our nervous system's response to being on fire is a release of endorphins and our body responds to spicy food the same way that's fascinating yeah i was like that's so cool and like that's why i thought spicy food would be sort of a fun example because it's so my like even even caffeine is a huge superpower boost for him so like that's Mm -hmm. so fun that we could like kind of play with that in this world but again that's not the story they're telling because that like that's classic 60s flash stuff where it's like here's all the science that we can do uh Mm -hmm. with like you add this like supernatural thing this like outside of reality thing but here's how the physics would play out and how it can all work like that the story that they're telling is 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 the aa journey is the 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 recovery from alcoholism journey um and you know we we see that it is a character who is well-meaning but has messed up a lot yeah uh and that actually reminds me that um I, I didn't send this to you, but there there was another article I read uh, before the Mark Wade Donny Cates interview, and it was uh, it was like an opinion piece from someone who had read Buzzkill at a very low point in their life, where they had uh, content warning, uh, addiction, and suicide. Uh, they had at that time had been uh, at a, a such a low point in their life that they were drinking and doing drugs and had contemplated suicide and then when they read buzzkill like it put a lot of things into perspective for them in that like that's exactly what ruben is dealing with and that sometimes the best thing you can do for people for the people that you love is to walk away which i thought was an interesting uh stance to have on this story yeah i mean i like this was an interesting time to read it. You know, I think a lot of us have gone through experiences during the pandemic of like isolation and like, you know, it's kind of become a joke that a lot of people have like been pounding bottles of wine. Like I work in a liquor distribution company in my day job and I've thought about like, Oh, Hey, it's weird that like I've had like consistently been able to like finish off a bottle over like two days. Um, bottle of wine, not like, (laughs) not like a bottle of whiskey. Um, and I mean, to me, they're the same. Sort of by myself, but like much. in a sense that I like. Usually, it's like okay, well, I'll have a glass of wine while I'm recording something, um, and so I'm like engaging with people and I or and whatnot. But it is it is a different sense than the old vibe of being like I went to a bar and hung out with some friends. You know, like there's yeah. a like it's a different kind of environment, and a lot of people have discussed how like this past year has been very difficult in that regard. Like a, a lot of people have dealt with substance abuse issues in this past year and uh, you know even the people who haven't have had to question how like how they relate to it um Mm -hmm. so this book hit in a particularly interesting way um because of that like you know like i wouldn't say that 
<laughs> I'm like trying to be like, well, no, I'm not like, I swear I'm not, not an addict, but like, but like the, the world, like we, no matter what you've had to at least like ask yourself, like, Hey, I've been so isolated from the outside world because of the pandemic we've been going through. Like are the coping methods actually help healthy or have they just been destructive ones? Um, and like a book like this is a really good, a really good use of comics as a way to explore social issues, personal issues. It's, you know, it's a little on the nose in some regards, but there are metaphorical elements of it. The, the greater, um, exploration of it that I think people do relate to. Like people do drink to be more sociable, to, to feel superior to how they do as like at a base level, you know, people, uh, there are so many, you know, and the same goes for other things like, like caffeine, for example, like, uh, like how many people say like they can't get going until they've had a cup of coffee. Like the, the, that's become just a joke at this point. Yeah, exactly. And that, you know, or like alcohol is a social lubricant or, you know, you know, whatever, like illicit substance, like, like marijuana, cocaine, whatever, like they all have societal or, or, or social applications uh, to mm-hmm. them that, that people feel a certain way about them. And some, some people feel too much about them that way. Like some people can't feel comfortable without a drink and, uh, or some people feel like they're moving in slow motion if they haven't snorted cocaine or whatever. Um, in this case, it's literal. Like they, they put this on him as having literal superpowers. Like the world was going to end if he didn't drink a bottle of whiskey and go off and fight a supervillain. Yeah. It's, you know, again, this absolutely could have turned into just like a dark edge Lord story, but thankfully, you know, the, uh, and, and and you know this is their personal thing they don't have they, they of course don't have to disclose this at all but um both donny cates and rez have uh have talked about how like in the past they both have dealt with addiction and i think that's one of the one of the the benefits of the story is that this is coming from a place of truth like this story is coming from people who have dealt with addiction and understand what Ruben is going through and understand what you know, like understand the journey that he is trying to trek through in a sense yeah it, it definitely comes from a place of, of experience like um, it, it is not just looking up the the textbook this is what happens at an AA meeting kind of thing this, there's mm-hmm. definitely some knowledge going into yeah. it yeah yeah so yeah, so like as we've mentioned, this is this is a dark, heavy story, um, and we are definitely well into spoiler territory at this point. Um, so, but th- th- that's the thing is like this is heavy, but it's also this is still a superhero comic, and has some really cool superhero action, albeit uh, from a dark place and also extremely violent. Uh, I I I I could almost liken it to something like Invincible, to to have like a. Um, a, a, a touchstone that were from you know uh, the zeitgeist at the moment. I, I think that's a fair comparison, especially because Invincible also is dealing with like tropes of superhero stuff, uh, and then being explored and played with. Um, mm-hmm. It also reminded me of um, of Irredeemable. Which right. Was, then yeah, I yeah, yeah, yeah. I know. What and then at about. the end of the book or of the trade, like there's a Mark Wade quote, and then you sent me the Mark Wade interview, and it's like, oh yeah, yep, that that all kind of clicks together pretty well. Um, because again, we're dealing with let's let's take superhero stuff, make it hyper violent at moments, 
uh, or mm-hmm. at the spots where it's appropriately so. Um, and <laughs> like there, there, are, there are shots with this sort of like Legion of Doom style where you're like, that is definitely Gorilla Grodd and that's supposed to be Loki right there. You know, you're supposed to recognize the types. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Yeah. That, that's, that's the thing. This also like this being a, a, a superhero story with a ton of analogs, like, this is just like I feel like I I can just like see Don and Case just sitting there like <laughs> yes I'm gonna create this character and of course they're gonna look exactly like this other character and that's the whole point and that's what's fun about this I love it yeah and then Ruben is interesting I, I'm gonna keep calling him Ruben just because like they spend two and a half issues calling him that and then they change mm-hmm. gears on that one uh but but so Ruben is interesting because he has powers akin to a Superman type um, yeah. But really, his relationship, um, and if we're in spoiler territory, we'll, we could talk about yes. the bigger part. So the relationship that they eventually explore is the one with his father, which is also a very classic one if we're going to talk about substance abuse issues. Like, his father ha- is an alcoholic as well, and he grew up in a household like that, and, like, at first shied away from it. Like, they indicated that he drank one time in high school, and then he doesn't drink again until he's in college. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, you know, that sort of makes sense for someone who might be a little bit scared of it. And then he finds out how powerful he feels. Uh, and then it becomes, you know, literally addictive. Uh, so the the relationship with his father actually feels more like a dark side Orion kind of vibe, but with like kind of a saber tooth Wolverine-ish, depending on, you know, which, you know, how... Right, because, like, they have, like, that... (laughs) They have, like, those similar... They have the the same powers, and so it's... It's that... That... The the absolutely evil side, and the side that's not... Not... Very good, like, not... But but trying to be good. Like, Yeah, yeah, and that's why he feels like an Orion to me, um... Yeah, and his I, dad I definitely is not a that, yeah. his his dad is not a god of a different, you know, of a of a dark dimension. But his dad does feel like a very um, evil son of Dionysus, if you will. Like there, uh, there, there. I I actually often wondered how you could like sort of try to make that kind of uh, a deity into a hero, and this actually worked very well for that uh, comparison point. Um, mm-hmm. Because Dionysus has his own, like, heroic lore leading up to his, like, all the adventures discovering grapes and becoming, you know, creating wine for for mortal people. Um, mm-hmm. So, like, there's a lot of, like, heroic fiction associated with with that deity. But it's always been like, all right, but it's the god of, god of, god of booze. <laughs> like, yeah. Uh, and then when we introduce the dad, like, the dad has... Like I said, he feels like a saber-tooth type. He, like, he feels like a redneck. Is like, He... Honestly, he just looks like Sabretooth without the giant coat. He's shirtless the entire time we see him. Yeah, Except for that one scars. flashback. He's oh got like God. a mullet. You know, he, he, like he's, like I said, it's it's that he, if you were like, all right, what does a an evil version of, or, or rather, pardon me, a superpowered version of an abusive alcoholic dad look like? This is it. It's him. It's absolutely him. Oh my God, he's. Utterly ter- it's just utterly terrifying this and the scars kind of just complete the look where you're like you have done some shit in your life and ugh, you're terrifying yeah I mean and we've seen some characters like it like Sabretooth came to mind in sort of the vibe he also feels like the uh, the J. Michael Straczynski version of Redstone from the Squadron Supreme 
Uh, not the class or classic is like a weird term for a character that probably only appeared in like five issues of a comic before this. Uh, but like not the one that appear, appeared back in like the Grunewald run, but like the the one in the Supreme Power and then later Squadron Supreme one was also kind of like this like abusive like drifter who would like just wander from bar to bar and like murder prostitutes like and, but could fight Superman. Yikes. You know, or or so maybe like a Lobo. Yeah, well, I, I like but Lobo even, more. But more evil. Lobo's cool. Yeah, this guy's like, not. Yeah, well, but and Lobo is an exaggeration of like the Wolverine Sabretooth type. So yeah, we're, yeah, that's we're all yeah, that's what that was. That. That's what was so great about Lobo was that he was just like, let's take like that concept of like the feral superhero, but make it more like the feral antihero, really, and then like take him to the extreme and put him in space, and that's Lobo. Yeah, and Lobo is in the the right power class also, but that's kind of neither here nor there. It's interesting to look at, like, that that specific relationship. And it's, you know, like I said, it's um, having the idea of, like, a a substance-abusing father who is himself actually abusive to you uh, is really compounded when you deal with the fact that, like, the way they seem to have something in common is their their power and also their need uh personally to consume substances mm-hmm. um would be like how they would bond they probably had moments of actually like getting along when he started to come into his own as a drinker and whatnot um yeah you know, I, the, and, that, and that's something that crops up in a lot and in, in a lot of stories dealing with uh with, with like strained relationships between parents and their children and and, and having those moments of the bonding. Uh, honestly, the story all uh, all of a sudden that just popped in my head that that came to mind was Dolores Claiborne, the Stephen King novel, where like there's one moment where Dolores like has like one little moment of bonding with her husband, even though like throughout the entire book he's an absolute son of a bitch, but if for one moment like over a drink they like share a moment of clarity. And then that's that, like just like one moment, and 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 they're fine with each other. And then, th- but that moment's gonna be gone. And I feel like that definitely happens with between Reuben and his father. Like they had those moments of of clarity, like oh, like like that uh, moments, those moments of understanding. But then they're gone in an instant because they have to snap back to reality, and you know, Reuben realizes he doesn't want to be like his father, and his father understand, you know, like realizes that his son uh, is never gonna be like him, and they ha- and they begrudgingly come to that uh, uh that re- those realizations on their own yeah and, and it's a tough situation like i think that people people have dealt where with toxic loved ones uh and toxic family members and mm-hmm. that is really what his dad is completely uh, and like in this case some of that is also like the the additional element of collateral damage of you know of, of his dad being a supervillain, but his dad is the the chaotic evil kind of supervillain, or maybe neutral evil. Um, you know, like the 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 he he wanders around. He's selfish. He uh, breaks stuff because he wants to break stuff, but he doesn't like want to take over the world. Um, no, he just he likes causing mayhem just for the sake of it. Right, and it seems that they both have a, an element of as they consume stuff that makes them more powerful, they get more reckless and wild, like. We don't know exactly what happened when Ruben uh, the the second time Ruben's powers kicked in. Uh, I 
uh, where he uh, was pledging a fraternity and had to drink a keg of beer inside a blacked out truck or like a truck with all the the yeah the insinuation there is that he got extremely violent uh, because like that that panel after the 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 kid opens the 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 back of the truck and you just see the silhouette of a bloodied fist is yeah that's a haunting image yeah it's dripping and there's a previous caption where he's like i couldn't even hear the screams of the other people uh so yeah it's implied that he like either murdered them all or beat them all or or something um we never find out more yeah Uh, so and uh, and honestly we don't need to we just like we have that insinuation of like this is how far he t- it it would go even when he was younger and just imagine and like us having to go like now just imagine how far it goes now that he is an like he is more of an adult like right more, although, like although more time has passed presume that he has tried to get more of his you know of his shit under control uh, yeah. although we see that when he has when he's had loved ones threatened he has rushed in and caused mayhem himself he's like torn up villains uh not not like you know the when he gets attacked earlier on in the in the second issue like there's clearly some violence but they also were like trying to murder him from when he was not powered so that's a little more expected but when we uh we talk about the first time his girlfriend saw how violent he was in a match like it, it that also was she was being threatened and so forth so like there there were things that would probably push him over the edge um, but this is all why it it gave me that like both Wolverine vibe and also that Orion vibe, like that uncontrollable and the son of the god of evil kind of vibe. Um, mm-hmm. But I'm trying to do do good. But it just it, it backfires unfortunately because you do have that that temper. I don't want to say unbridled rage, but it was something close to that. That just the, the stubbornness actually, the the, the bullheadedness that you just. You, it's so difficult for you to get under control. Yeah, <clears throat> pardon me. All right. Yeah, uh, and so it's it's really interesting because he he's <laughs> he's so powerful. Like, uh, yes, like they point out that he's insanely powerful. Like his dad is presumably like um, almost akin to like a Zod for Highguard. Like they they imply that Highguard that like they were the arch rivals. Um, mm-hmm. And that, like, especially, like, when he uh, was playing, as they show him as a kid playing with high guard toys, uh, and his dad is so angry at him for liking superheroes. Uh, like, that all sort of seems consistent with that sort of logic there. Uh, and they, they note that, like, no one's ever taken him down. And probably the only reason the world hasn't been destroyed is because the guy's not trying to destroy the world. The guy's just, like, a violent redneck who, like, who causes mayhem where he goes. But you know it doesn't really like have a plan or have any sort of like ambition or anything beyond just like i i, I want to party and destroy shit uh, yeah that's it that's 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 essentially who he is yeah and then ruben actually like we find out actually stopped him he's the one hero who could because he's apparently the most powerful hero but yes. it's tied to this terrible situation where like to get that powerful he had to be blackout drunk uh, and so, yeah. you know, there's so much collateral damage. There's so much violence associated with it. You know, the the, the loss of lives is probably incalculable. Um, but oh yeah, it, it, it does. He does mention uh, in the in the second meeting whenever he actually talks. He talks more in depth, not 
in depth, in depth as as because he is like you know, not trying to uh, to you know reveal his secrets to to these strangers in AA. Uh, oh, I'm trying to remember exactly where it was. Oh no, no, no I'm sorry, it wasn't the AA meeting. It was when um, the character of Eric is explaining to uh, Ruben's ex girlfriend, which we haven't even gotten gotten to them yet. Uh, yeah, here it is. Uh, Eric says he and Francis got into a fight and God in heaven. It was horrific. So many people died, but he pulled it off. We don't know how he did it, but he put the bastard down. Right. So that's a, that's a tier of combat that is, uh, insane. (laughs) Yeah. Um, That's like, uh, I mean, if we're going to go with it, I mean, like, that's like super sane shit. Yeah. Except yeah. they're not in they're you know, they don't go to a barren field with no people around. They're in the and they're in the middle of a city and right. you know, people like die. there's a book I want to talk about, but it's a spoiler to talk about it, so we're we'll move on. Um I think I know what you're talking about, so yeah, we will yeah. move on. Uh we but, will move on since I, I mentioned them. I I, I I think we should probably get into um his relationships with other characters that yeah. are not so toxic. Yeah. All right. So you we, we, you mentioned uh, Nikki and and Eric. So why don't we talk about them real quickly? Um, right. So Eric is we could we I I I could safely say is like our Batman analog. He is yeah, like the high tech like. detective, you know, black costumed superhero with a mask and a cape. It's Batman. Yep. And they and like. They don't know his code name. He, I'm assuming that there are a lot of characters with, like, knight in their name. So that's why Ruben's just like, you're Eric. Like, I'm not even going to attempt to even remember your code name. It's Eric. Yeah, they they never give him a code name, which uh, is, is disappointing because some of the code names we do find out are amazing. Uh, specifically, Pantherodactyl. Oh my God! That moment. So yeah, the, the 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 whenever he goes to uh, apologize to the uh, the Justice League analog that we have. I don't do. I don't even know if we have like a name for the team. Uh, uh, I don't think they, they. We know that there's like a com ring that they use for communication, but. Yeah, I don't see anyone. But yeah, we get some like really great names. We got like discharge and battery and Captain Chrome and Ms. Murder. Right. <laughs> And Pantherodactyl, which I love. It's like, I have a question. Like, he's like, oh, yeah, go, whatever your name is. And he's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. My my code name is Discharge. And he's like, I'm not calling you that for several reasons. (laughs) Yeah, so they keep making a joke about how, like, no, we have to use code names. And then Pantherodactyl is like, that is my name. (laughs) Yeah, that is my real name. I feel like it's almost like a a Martian Manhunter type character. He's just like, that is my real name. I I, I think so, yeah. I love that. The, the, that. That's what's so great, though, is that this... Um, so, the the trade is published by Image, um, because Donna Case now has a really great uh, relationship with Image, but this was previously a Dark Horse comic, um, as were a couple of his other books, but he is... Donna Case has, has, has mentioned, of course, that he is, like, he is a child of the 90s. I mean, he... Uh, as of recording this... Uh, next month he is ending a three-year run on Venom. He is a child of the '90s, and this, like this, like teen that he has created in this book, feels like it would fit perfectly with one of those 
image books of like Youngblood or Wildcats or Stormwatch or any of the other teams that were made by image in the 90s, which is absolutely wonderful. Yeah, I mean, again, this book does a really good job of, of taking the tropes where it needs to be mm-hmm. and using those to, like, move past spending too much time explaining things and at the same time uh, really exploring and going deep down. Like, yeah, like, this this could feel like an early 90s image book where one character had a substance abuse problem and then they're actually exploring it. Um, the uh, Like, when I first started reading this, it started to make me think of the... Uh, the Hey, this is Case. I love Alan Moore stuff. Alan Moore stuff. <laughs> um, when they did Terra Obscura, which was a spinoff of Tom Strong, uh, where they brought back the the Nidor comic characters from the 50s, um, mm-hmm. they explored one of their Superman-type characters called the Crusader, who looks like Captain America with a cape, but has powers like Superman, plus shoots at atomic bomb blasts. Um, very strong character. Um, who has a drinking problem in it, and everyone is like very scared about how they're going to deal with him. Uh, but he also can't form a plan because he's constantly wasted. And so he is not able to participate in saving the day. And at the end is like in AA. Uh, and, and I was thinking about that element where it's like, yeah, just, just having a drinking problem and superpowers by itself is like a problem. The fact that there's a feedback loop where he only has the powers when he's doing something makes it even worse <laughs> uh yeah and and that's why and that's why I, I i find ruben as a character so fascinating in that he he like he knew he had a problem for for so long and he in, in but he and it, it comes back to the whole a whole thing about addiction is that it is a disease and we ha- and like we as a society have to recognize that this is a disease it is it is very serious and it ruins lives and 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 it's something that you have to seek help for and just the fact that he like after this like this major event which if if we want to put it in like normal person terms like it's almost like like his big fight with his father was almost like you know a very like you know a very serious uh you know, car accident where you, you, you've almost died and you realize, wow, I have a problem. I need to seek help for that. And that, and like having that realization, having, and like taking that step is really important. And it, and it's, it's, you know, it's really brave for someone to be able to, you know, take that step and, and say like, like recognize I have, I have a problem. I have a disease and I want to, I want to be able to deal with it. I want to deal with it in a healthy way. And going to the AA meeting is that first step. And and he mentions to Eric uh, after the end of the AA meeting, he's like, "Yeah, this is like I was like this is like my 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 second or third time going to a meeting because he just he's so stubborn and he's so bullheaded that you know even even with taking that first step." he's still like it, it's like he, he's taking two steps forward and one step back he keeps like he, he's making that effort but there's still that that part of him that's holding him back where he's like you know like i want to deal with my problem but there's a part of me that doesn't feel like it's a problem even though it actually is which is very true to a lot of alcoholics journeys mm-hmm. um 
like I mean even in this he he technically backslides um yes he does but at the yeah. end of the story uh he he does drink uh a you know a a, bottle, a whole bottle of alcohol t- in order to uh finish off his father and 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 then he presumably dies at the end of the story yeah staying up in space while while he sobers up yeah which is just uh, heartbreaking honestly S- sort of i mean there's room for interpretation on that one so uh, like don't need to get too much into it because the whole point is that he is himself trying to redeem himself regardless and and that's also the point which is that you can backslide but that doesn't mean you give up exactly Um, yeah and 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 that's what's so that's what's so like hopeful about this story is it's that it's telling people who 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 struggle with addiction saying like yes it is a battle it is it is a difficult journey and 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 there are times when you know you may you may want to go back to it and there are times where you may will you you might go back to it but that doesn't mean that you are weak the fact that you're even att- that you're that you're trying to go on this journey of he- of of recovery is str- is a feat of strength yeah and it, it well, all right. So let, let's finish talking about Eric and Nikki for for a minute here. Uh, right. We started and then segued. All right. Yeah. So Eric seems to be the supportive friend. Um, we don't find out his like superhero name, but we also only see him in costume at first, sort of. Uh, <laughs> he, that we, he like, comes that in we and tries of. to help a couple of times. Like he he shows up and is like keeping tabs. He's the only member of the the team that keeps checking in with him. Mm-hmm. Which, again, it while yes, there is like a a proper Superman character in in high guard um reuben slash francis feels like that in a lot of ways and his relationship with eric feels like that um yeah. like a world's finest kind of thing um but then we find out that eric is actually the guy that we've been seeing in a couple shots uh dealing with nikki uh that and they've, they've been ho- hooking up uh nikki is is reuben's longtime girlfriend who uh cut him out of her life when he uh after he saved her but like dismantle the people who uh, were holding her hostage uh, and it's it's really violent and it really I mean we don't see the violence we just see him covered in like flesh yeah um, this gets really uh, violent y'all it's really violent yeah there, there's a lot of shit, shitty people in this book um, in realistic ways yeah if that makes sense yeah, it's he has is no one is like, you know, outside of Ruben's father, who is again the most evil bastard ever. Uh, he, everyone here is like. This actually reminds me. So uh, last episode, I I spoke with Rachel on the comic Lord Dean keeps breaking up with me, which is just a fantastic story, in that. We talked about how in that story the teen the, the teenagers of that story are so relatable to at least were were relatable to the two of us because we understood where each of them were coming from and that like you know these were like the, they're they're just teenagers who don't like who like lack the vocabulary to uh you know like accurately you know say how they're feeling and and, and what they're thinking uh, and I feel almost in uh, in a, a a slightly similar way to, to the characters I'm here in Buzzkill, and they're like, I understand where where everyone's coming from. I don't totally agree with what they're doing, 
uh, Eric, I'm looking at you. But I I get where everyone's coming from. Yeah, and, and Nikki. So it's it's implied that she didn't really know that he was a superhero. Um, that it was she was his lowest lane, but or whatever she she got with him more as a human. Although she may not. I don't know if he ever, like, appeared the way he does in his civilian identity in the modern time back then, because I feel like he probably was drinking pretty regularly just in general. Um, mm-hmm. Like, again, this is, you know, it's... He's fun Bobby from Friends. Like, he's cool because he <laughs> had some drinks. Um, it, it, and now he seems kind of like a loser, and he's, like, weird and awkward. And he shrinks, like, he shrivels down to a much smaller person. Um, and when he when he drinks, he bulks up and, you know, becomes this, like, Adonis. Um, he looks like me. He looks like me with blonde hair. That's just that, that, that's basically what it is. He's just a scrawny little dude with blonde hair. He's me. And then he turns into Apollo from The Authority. Yeah, basically. Like, costume and everything. Like, his costume makes him... And, and, like, the long blonde hair makes him look just like Apollo. Yeah, except he's got his fraternity letters. <laughs> yeah! I noticed... I didn't... Honestly, the first time I read this, I didn't notice that. And then rereading it this time around, I was like, oh, wow. Yeah. And I feel like it's almost him, like, wearing that as almost like um like a scarlet letter for himself like 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 a like a badge of shame almost yeah like, this is on what actually the, happened but yeah like this is uh, like or, or or it's just his fraternity thing and he's like kind of proud of it we don't we don't know much about that phase of his life who knows um, it's a theta for the record <laughs> if anyone's wondering <laughs> Thank you. Thank yeah. you. Thank um, you, Case, for that. And then there's this design element that both he and his dad have. Uh, actually, his dad, we don't see his his dad's full, like, outfit, although, or, or maybe we do, I'm not sure. His dad is always shirtless, but he, um, he has, his pants look, have, like, the same seam work that, um, that Ruben's suit does, but in black instead of white. Um, but they both have these gauntlets, and I kept thinking that the gauntlets probably... If I were writing a superhero that had powers based on taking some sort of illicit substance, I definitely would have gauntlets that, like, inject some kind of drug into his arm. <laughs> like, that's just what I would do. <laughs> um, that's interesting. And they both have the same gauntlets, and they ha- his uh, Ruben specifically light up blue, uh, which is sort of like, yeah, it's more than just, like, a piece of metal or, like, a piece of fabric. Uh, mm-hmm. and, and they both have these, like, these big bracers that... I probably do something but again they never really explore it if this was an ongoing we definitely would talk about it because like you would definitely have like the jack kirby style like here's the side view image like or or like when they showed like here's what each of the pouches on batman's belt bat belt like do kind of thing um yeah but <laughs> yeah i mean aside from that he's got a unit like a, an all-white bodysuit within some sort of like um uh, like banded effect going around his elbows, uh, mm-hmm. uh, kind of like the crow. <laughs> uh, if, sure, if that makes sense. I mean, person. again, Donnie Cates is a child of the '90s, so makes sense. Yeah, and his dad has the same things. He's just shirtless all the times so that we see him. But we also, yeah. when we see him in flashbacks, he's also shirtless. Again, he just comes off like like a super powered redneck. Yeah. He he, I I didn't mention this earlier, but he does honestly just give give me the vibe of like, you look like the supervillain version of my fa- of certain family members that I know. <laughs> Yikes. <laughs> um, but but let's shift gears because like so Eric is like a a fine 
like he's he's a he's a a, a bad friend. He, he's like trying to be supportive. He's also sleeping with his ex girlfriend, and he ultimately uh, tries to stand up to this uh, this this uh, Zod if he were a redneck uh, character, and uh, immediately dies. <laughs> yes, in a horrific way. Yeah, it's like you'll have to get through me, and then the next shot, he's just down on the ground, dead. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, but there is so, a more supportive good hero that I do want to talk about, and that is Dr. Black. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, Mr. Black. Doctor. Dr. Black. Black. <laughs> you said Black. Uh, it's Black. Yeah, and I have never seen a character who more clearly should be cast with Jason Manzukis if they do a live action <laughs> adaptation of this. <laughs> uh Absolutely. Yes, please give it to me now. Um, look, I'm, I'm not saying I want a Buzzkill movie, but if we did get a Buzzkill movie, Jason Mancazoukas for Dr. Blach, it would be the best. It would be I, incredible. Um, it would but be, I, oh, what God. I really love about him, out, he feels like a, an author insert. Uh, he is very aware that they're in a comic book, and all of his powers, while they are magic in theory feel like the magic that the writer has if they were living inside the world of the comic. Like, he's trying to make the most interesting story at any given time. Yes, uh, and he, I, I love whenever he, like, makes people, like, disappear, like, teleport, he goes, pew, 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 yeah. pew. When at one point they're like, what'd you do to them? I, I just put them in a different continuity. What? Oh, yeah. that's a diff- different conversation, another conversation for a later day. <laughs> love it. Uh, yeah, but he's he's so goofy and fun, and he's a sponsor, and he's actually, like, supportive. Um, but, again, he's, like, supportive in a way that, like, is the sort of, like, weird, kooky character. Like, the, um, you know, it's if you take the, 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 the hippie shaman kind of approach to a magic user mm-hmm. uh, and take it pretty far on that spectrum. Yeah, that's him. That's absolutely him. Like, he took ten tablets of acid and... And then had coffee on top of that, and he's ready to go now. Uh, and he's he's just a lot of fun. But like I said, he almost feels like if I were uh, like a DMPC in a video game, uh, where it's like, all right, yep, I'm trying to move the story along, but at the same time also have the best possible story, not just like the least uh, least bad story <laughs> or like yeah, like the, or, the you want you want to have fun, not the most functional, not right. just the most functional. You want to have fun here at least. And that is definitely Dr. Black. Yeah, and like I said, he feels like an author insert in that there are moments where it feels almost like just the author is directly speaking to the condition of, like, uh, of an alcoholic recovery perspective. Yeah. Like, it's the moments where we get, like, the real thesis outside of, like, possibly some stuff at the end. But, like, really, it's like Dr. Black is the one who's, like, actually kind of, like, explaining no here is what you have to do and here are the costs and like it's the moments where it's like let's just look at the camera and and be like no this is what this is about yeah in a fun way which is because like often that that character is very grating uh but like i said once it like the second he showed up on screen or or rather on on, like like on page i was like oh i know i know his deal because he's he has all the magic user tropes like he's got a you know a big collar cape um, and he's got like a suit going on, but his shirt's untucked, and he's got like weird, uh, like religious symbols all over, and he's wearing flip flops. And I was like, I, I can grok this guy. I, I know what this guy is like. I know what he's about. I, yeah, I'm, I'm looking. I'm looking back at his at his first uh, splash page. Dude has the most collar. 
the most color and it's glorious uh, but I do love like after like just a few just a couple pages we then get uh, the last page of issue two when like after he informs Ruben that I'm gonna be your sponsor he had like these are his next lines you've already completed the, the hardest step you've admitted you have a problem you've asked for help the rest is going to be tough but I'll be here to guide you I've been through this before it's not impossible man this next part is pretty simple. You'll examine past errors, people you may have hurt, lies you've told, that kind of stuff. I'll help you through it. And then you make amends for those errors. You take responsibility for your actions. But I'm not going to lie to you, man. This process can be painful. It's going to hurt. And that is like, that is the story spelled out for us. And that this is a, this is going to be a long journey for Ruben. This is going to hurt. But he can get through it because you know he has people in particular dr black there who has faith in him and 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 feels that he can't and and believes in him enough that he can that he can do it which is what a great sponsor is yeah and i mean there are some moments where dr black has a, a lapse of judgment but like I said, I feel like he's just sort of making the best story possible. Uh, the majority of what he does is teleporting, which could also just be, again, the writer just writing them into the new scene. Uh, yeah, so. which is a fantastic device. And yeah, like we get um, what we get that. Well, you mentioned like the lapse in judgment. We get the moment where like after Ruben uh, finds out that Eric and Nikki are uh, are uh, hooking up, Ruben tries to fight Eric. Eric punches him out of a window and he's like crap i forgot he doesn't have powers <laughs> then ruben just like pops up and he's like hey i need to kick i'm gonna kick your ass and he's like a baseball bat they like no 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 put the baseball da- bat down and he drops it and he's like okay now kick his ass like a gentleman and you're like wait what hold on a second and dirk's like dude you, you slept you, with his girlfriend you said this girlfriend man and then you know they try to beat the crap out of each other and it's it's you know it's hard. Uh, yeah, it's a page of that, then it's interrupted by an explosion at the hospital where his dad is being kept. Explosions! Explosions galore. This story is full full of explosions. Yep. Yeah. So yeah, Dr. Black is, even though like I, I love Ruben, I find him extremely fascinating. Uh, Dr. Black is just like, he he's like my... Co- Maybe weird to say, but he's like my comfort character throughout the story because he is the one who just like... He is he does like to spell out the thesis of the story, but at the same time he also is trying to make this very dark story, and he tries to up he tries to make it a bit more uplifting, which I enjoy. Yeah, yeah, it, it's it's a very nice touch because like having that sort of like comedic character could be difficult to pull off, and I think they do a, a pretty good job of having it work. Mm-hmm. I agree, and part of that is by being kind of meta. <laughs> yeah that always that 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 does help having having the comedic your your uh comedic relief be slightly meta it helps sometimes yeah which makes me wonder like man who like why didn't we think about having like our deadpool types be like actually magical like that works so much better <laughs> <laughs> well yeah lobo isn't lobo just does space shit and yeah God, could you imagine Windful, like Lobo, Deadpool. like <laughs> ambush I, bug? Oh, ambush bug would be great to do, for that. Give me, give me all the ambush bug. 
I'm so happy that I've like I've now discovered this character that I know you've known about for years and I'm and and Ambush Book is great, everyone. But make but it yeah, magical. Like, or or She Hulk also. Like the, all the characters who are aware that they're in comics are, are never quite in that right power c- category. Like imagine if Doctor Fate was the voice of the editor because he's a lord of order so it makes sense that <laughs> that would be going on yeah oh shit yeah yeah that that makes so much sense yeah yeah oh but, yeah like, having like having like him be the editor and then like have a villain be like the like the voice of like deadlines or or something like that uh or just like you know like outside uh you know, just like uh, obstacles that that you know you you can't really control, and the editors and, and Doctor Fate's like, no, but I'm gonna try to control them because I have to. I'm I'm you know an agent of order. Right. Well, the, the editor is the is Doctor Fate, the Lord of Order, and then the agent of chaos should be the writer, and that, <laughs> and so it's a a battle between the two for perpetuating the franchise. Oh God. Don and Cates, if, you, if you're amazing. happening to listen, if you happen to listen to this, take that idea, please. Just like give us, some, give us like a, just give us a thank you in the in, in the end. Yeah, I mean, like th- this book is a, it, it was shockingly good in terms of taking stuff that we've seen things like it before, but putting all the pieces together in such a way that it felt deeply personal and relatable, um, and fresh. Yeah. You know, there are a few areas where it might be, like, I would say that probably whoever comes into this should be culturally aware of superheroes, but we live in a time now where that's not that hard. Like, in fact, yeah, it's weird if you're not. That's why, you know, I, I went back and forth on, on, on whether or not I wanted to have this on, on the show, but you're right. We do live in, we do live in a world where superheroes are omnipresent. They are literally everywhere now. So everyone has a passing knowledge of superheroes and that's why I do believe that like this comic, like anybody, can, anybody who ha- like has a passing knowledge of superheroes can get into this. They might have like somewhat of a learning curve um, with certain, you know, analogs. But overall, this is definitely a story that I think anybody can get into pretty easily. Yeah. Yeah. It, it would be very easy to, to to be caught up on things like there's no area that really requires like deep, deep knowledge. Probably that like Batman and also, like, in, in a Superman Batman probably covers you sufficiently mm-hmm. with just an understanding that, like, there's weird stuff out there. It's going to be weird. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. So uh, I, 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 I think I've said everything I, I want to say about this story. Uh, do you have any final thoughts? Uh, um, just that it is a really worthwhile journey. I... Like I said, I was I was surprised at how touched I was, and particularly give, like I said, given the time, you know, um, we we have all gone through moments in the past year of at least some degree of uh, doubt in the world, mm-hmm. like like even if you ardently believed that like there's no pandemic, like at moments you had to at least be like there has to be right, like some. So, <laughs> It's crazy to believe that there isn't like, and anyone who isn't is has had to deal with like, all right, well, what's the best way to handle things? What is like, are we ever going to get back to normal? Like, am I ever going to see my friends again? Am I ever going to be who I was before 2020? Mm-hmm. And uh, looking at a book like this, you can really feel that kind of journey. And and this one's you know solely because of self-inflicted problems, 
but real world problems in you know eventually get to you everyone and i don't know i'm trying to phrase this right <laughs> like outside eventually becomes internal problems like yeah. the uh and i think that um anyone who is looking for a way to sort of um explore that through the metaphor of superhero fiction uh this was incredibly good for what would probably come off as extremely cliche under a less talented writer couldn't have said it by myself so uh that i think that concludes our discussion on this uh this in my opinion brilliant story uh so that's the end of the episode which listener you know what time time it is now it's time for plugs case what have you got going on uh, we, we've got a ton going on at certainpov.com, which this show is also a member of. Yeah. <laughs> um, but as, as you mentioned at the top, I host three shows on Certain POV. Another Pass is a movie podcast that I ho- host with Sam Alisea. It is a discussion about things that could have been done at the time of production uh, to improve movies that we find fascinating but flawed. Um, and every now and then we'll look at a movie that has i should say every now and again every fifth episode we look at a movie that almost was derailed because of some production issues and how they overcame it um which is sort of here's here are the types of things that we wish had happened on the majority of our episodes uh, and so that is uh, another pass men of steel is a superman appreciation show we talk a lot about uh superman or characters who are superman adjacent and uh we actually have a youtube series now on on certain pov's youtube channel uh, where we talk about Superman analogs, um, which have been like fun bite-sized. Here's a, a basic synopsis of the character from what I'm aware of. Um, you, not thoroughly researched and and very biased in perspective. Um, and then uh, I also in the Dungeon Master for Scruffy Nerf Herders, which is our, our Star Wars Dungeons and Dragons game uh, that we've been running for uh, several years now and has, have had various casts come and go and done one shots and smaller stories and, and whatnot. And it, it's a lot of fun. Check it out. First 50 episodes are like one big campaign. And then after that, it's been like smaller uh, sections. So we just wrapped up uh, a five part crossover with the bounty buddies podcast set during the clone wars. Uh, but most of it is set during the period between star Wars and empire strikes back. Awesome. Yeah, uh, absolutely. Go check out all those shows. And you can check out uh, more shows uh, alongside those and this show at certainpov.com. We got a ton of great shows over there. Uh, you know, l- Last week I had Rachel Quirky Shank on, and they host uh, the show Screen Snark with uh, Matt Storm, a.k.a. DJ Stormageddon. Uh, also check out all the other wonderful shows like Reignite and Circle of Friendship and Let's Rewatch and The Real, Mo- the Real Movie Critic versus The Cine Guy, if I can get it out properly. Um, check you can check all those out uh, along with all of Case's shows and of course their show as well at certainpov at certainpov.com certainpov.com did I say that correctly? it doesn't sound like I said it correctly I'm pretty sure I said it correctly I think anyway it. yeah uh, so uh, now it's time for me to plug myself uh, so if you enjoyed this show uh, please uh, rate, review, subscribe if you would please uh, on Apple Pod if you're on listening on Apple Podcasts or whatever uh, it really does help out the show 
If you want to follow us on social media, we are on Twitter at Comics Quest Show. If you want to talk to us, uh, we have a permanent Discord link in uh, the Twitter bio. Also, Certain POV, we have a Discord link as well. You can find that at certainpov.com. Uh, if you want to follow me on social media, I am on Twitter at underscore, no, JD underscore Martin underscore, and then I'm on Instagram at underscore JD Martin underscore because there's a ton of JD Martins out there. I don't know how. Um, and I forgot to thank him last week, so this is just a giant, giant, big thank you to the wonderful, wonderful Dan Purcell, friend of all podcasts, for creating such a beautiful theme song to the show. Uh, also, go check out his original music. Uh, it's absolutely fantastic. And you can follow him on Twitter and Instagram at the Dan Purcell. Uh, and now, with all of that, uh, I will mention uh, two announcements. Number one, next week uh, on Tuesday, episode three of season three, Scott Thomas, uh, actor extraordinaire, co-host of the Infinity Podcast, uh, is coming back to the show. And we are discussing the Jason, Aaron, and Asad Rabik, uh for the first part of the uh, Jason Aaron run on Thor, discussing the uh, 11 issue story, The God Butcher slash God Bomb. So get ready for that. And uh, I, I teased last week that uh, get, a little, get a little announcement to make this week. And that is Drummo, please. I'm starting another podcast. What? Yeah, I know. I, I, I can barely run this one, and yet I'm starting another one. Here it is. Uh, I uh, As on uh, May 14th, Friday, I will be launching a sister podcast to Comics Quest entitled The Long Haul, uh, in which uh, the rules that I have set for myself here on Comics Quest, in which I try to discuss comics that I think anybody can get into, uh, whether or not they've read comics or not, and also try to discuss books that are like if i'm discussing like a series like it's less than 50 issues so there's not a huge commitment with the long haul all the rules go out the fucking door it's just us just talking about whatever whatever story we want it could be one issue it could be 70 it doesn't matter um and also it can be any comic that just i enjoy on 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 some level uh and the reason i wanted to announce that on this particular episode is because the wonderful case aiken uh, is going to appear on that first episode. Uh, Case, you want to talk about a little bit about our little crossover with Men of Steel? Yeah, yeah, we'll be we'll be doing a crossover with Men of Steel, discussing um, uh, we'll be discussing Earth Two by Grant Morrison and Frank Quitely, as well as discussing on Men of Steel the animated adaptation of that, uh, which is just a, a lot of fun and a, a great exploration of. of uh, the tropes of the Justice League and how you can put them on or like spin it on its head. <laughs> exactly. I, uh, I, I, I adore the movie. It's a movie that is, uh, deeply personal for me when, when I, I watched that when I was very young. Um, and, uh, and, and I love the graphic novel. Uh, I finally get to talk about Grant Morrison, my absolute favorite writer. So this right, is because Grant Morrison is not in like for someone who is uninitiated in comics for the most part. <laughs> Exactly. Yeah. Uh, I mean, yeah. even today's book was kind of like was we were debating which one it was going to go on because, and we ultimately decided like no, no, anyone can can really kind of get into it. Um, Absolutely, but JLA but Earth it, Two that is a 
Oh yeah, there's so many just like subtle nods to being like, oh yeah, remember this thing from the '60s? Uh, okay, cool. <laughs> like moving working on. <laughs> with that is like a, a premise for this thing. Yeah. So uh, yeah, that's happening. The long haul, uh, which will appear on the same feed. So if you are uh, subscribed or you're following this show, uh, you will also have the episodes of the long haul popping up on that same feed. So check that out. Uh, the first episode again will be covering JLA Earth Two by Grant Morrison and Frank Quitely. Uh, Case and J Mike, the hosts of Men of Seal, will be appearing on that episode uh, which will drop Friday, May 14th. The episode of Men of Steel that I will be appearing on will drop the following Friday and this show is that the long haul will will uh will will go bi-weekly like every other week uh kind of alongside Men of Steel in a way. Uh it just kind of happened that way. But um it will it there will be not be breaks on that show unlike comics quest where i do take two week breaks in between seasons uh that one will run continuously uh, that's just the way it works so uh yeah so those are the things to look forward to next week we have thor uh with scott thomas and uh i just wanted to give that little announcement since case was already going to be here uh to discuss this wonderful story and uh on that note uh thank you so much for listening to this show uh it really means a lot and remember getting into comics may seem like an impossible journey but every step is worth it Hey, Jeff. What's going on, guys? Oh, you know, talking about Superman. Oh, cool. I could talk about Superman. I could talk some more about Superman. We know. I'll bet a few people would want to get in on this. I'm down. You know it. That sounds like fun. I'll do it. Cool. Let's do it. We can call the show Men of Steel. And you can find it at certainpov.com. Or wherever you get your podcasts. Yay. CPOV. Certainpov.com.